Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil. We got Matt Lanza of Space City Weather. He's with us, and we'll be talking tropical storms in Houston. I think that the last you know five or six years have kind of proven that, at least here in Houston, you can't necessarily live with it. You have to do something about it. Um, and, you know, whether that's flood mitigation or building what we call the Ike Dyke, which is... Um, uh, coastal spines to help protect against storm surge. Uh, you know, all these projects that are on the board, I mean, we got to do something uh, because the status quo is not going to work. Um, it's just not going to be tenable. Also, we're going to hear about our new hashtag weather fools. Uh, we got some more funny weather memes you'll be using in your next tweet. All of this and more coming up on episode 140 of the Stormfront Freaks. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. It's a part of the Stormfront Freaks network. Uh, we want to put a special shout out to our Patreon members for supporting the show and joining us tonight. Uh, we always like to kind of look to see who's in here tonight. So we always, as always, we have Dan and, and Angela are with us. Our VIPs are on the show. Uh, but we also have tuning in. What do we got? Curtis. And Josh and Timothy, so those guys are in as well. Um, but uh, thanks to our Patreon members, you can join us as well at patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Uh, you can also be in our live chat, uh, or you can actually join us on the show. So uh, check that out. Um, it is always happy hour. So every night uh, we do the show, and, and if you're familiar with the show, you know this. We always tell you to join us as well, as long as you're not at work or driving. Um, exception to our guests. I know Matt's at our guest Matt Lands is at work tonight, so we'll let him drink if he wants. But the the rest of you, if you're drink, uh, if you're driving or at work, please don't <laughs> join us. Uh, but it's it's the best way to introduce our co-host, so you know who happens to be here tonight, uh, and also let you know we like to have fun. Uh, we, we don't get uh, too serious in our weather conversation. Uh, it's always fun weather conversation and storm conversation. So uh, so we're going to go around the horn. MJ, who, who is our, our producer, live producer, uh, he's actually working tonight as, as his uh, in his Skywarn coordinator duties. So uh, up in Minnesota, they got some severe storms heading uh, actually right now that are going on. Uh, so, so he's kind of on in spirit. I think I see his tag there somewhere. So he's probably listening in. But I'm going to go to Dina. So Dina, our meteorologist and weather producer with the Weather Channel. Uh, Dina, what are you drinking tonight? I've just got my nice glass of Merlot, so I plan on kicking back and relaxing and having some fun. little Merlot, huh? little Merlot. I was just in the mood for some wine. I bought some, like, cool stuff for the show, and then I just wanted some wine. Okay. That sounds good. Kind of boring. Uh, All right. uh, Go to Serena, our former meteorologist at the Mount Washington Observatory. What do you got? More beer or what is it tonight? Yeah, I I have another weather-themed beer. I'm pretty excited about this. This is called Cumulonimbus. Oh, nice. Yeah, Yeah. good find. It's a a tropical sour, and it's from Falling Knife Brewing Company in Minneapolis. Falling Knife. Nice. How do you find all these? These are cool. I spend a lot of money on beer. Before, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I need to come to Serena's house for a party. It comes out. It comes I've heard out. Of house poor, but beer poor. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right, uh, Maz, former on-camera meteorologist in Cincinnati. What uh, What are you drinking tonight down in the Queen I got City? A mad, mad tree, and this I, we found this. It's awesome. I'm telling you, Jungle Gyms has these six packs for like three ninety nine, but it's only in their initial when they come out. It's a Mad Tree. Midwest Luau, oh, you can't see it with the whole thing. Midwest Luau, it's a tropical IPA, and dang, it's good. A Yum. tropical IPA, yeah. So wow, it like, for me, it's like citrus or something it, in it. It has kind of a grapefruity thing to it. I'm like, yeah. whoa. I don't know that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds like something different than I've ever had from Mad Tree. That's because they got good yeah. stuff. Yeah, they do. It's awesome. Cool. All right, uh, Brady, atmospheric science degree from Ohio State, sir. You got a hockey game tonight, I know. But what are you, are you drinking before your hockey game? I hope. 
Well, here's the deal. So, uh, you know, I'm keeping on the tropical side. I'm just having some, you know, it's just some orange juice here. <laughs> and, and here's here's why. It's not because the hockey game. It's because I have a long weekend. Got a wedding. I got a, you know, a rehearsal dinner. It's going to be a long weekend. So we're, no, not me. So I'm just, I'm t- pacing myself here. So. Right, Are you going to go crazy for the, pre-game. the wedding? No, maybe modest. We'll see. You're going to we'll do see. the gator? You're going to we'll do see. the gator? I, I don't know what that is, man. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Gee, I don't even know what that is either. What's the game? You know the song "Taking Care of Business." Da, da, yeah, da, 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 and you get on your back. It's from Animal House. Okay, you get on oh, your back okay. with like the worm or something. What? No, that, that would break your back to try to do the worm on your back. Don't do that's that. Good. That's, actually, that's a good point. So. Right. Watch Animal House. You'll know what it's talking. All right, about. all right, Serena. Let's uh, let's get our guest <laughs> in here. Let's get rolling. <laughs> Sounds good. So tonight we're speaking with Matt Lanza. He's the managing editor for SpaceCityWeather.com, providing forecasts for the Houston Metro. Matt's also a forecast meteorologist in Houston's energy sector, and he previously worked as a broadcast meteorologist in upstate New York. So Matt, why don't we start off by you telling us what you're drinking tonight? I am drinking a Malbec from uh, Oregon. Um, oh, nice. Yes, because mm. after this week, I need something to relax a little bit. I thought you were working. <laughs> no, I, so I'm at, just to clarify, this is our home office, so I'm not at work. Oh, okay, because yeah. I was going to give you a slow clap for work for drinking at work, because drinking at work makes things better. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, so he's at he's at work, but not working. No, he's at home. No, he's at home, yeah. Loophole. Loophole. Well, so I understand why you've got a uh, why you've got the Malbec after this. Uh, I don't know week, month, year. I mean, things are a little busy yeah. down there in Houston. It's been um, it's been chaotic uh, to say the least. It was just I I feel like um, you know you just catch your breath and then the next thing comes along uh, to kind of just get you to brace yourself. And it's not even that so much that Houston over the last year or so really hasn't been impacted that badly by anything directly, but it's been all these close calls and everything, and we've got. People that read our blog in Beaumont and in Lake Charles, uh, so areas that have been a little bit more impacted than we have. Um, so you know, we certainly uh, you know have have had our fair share of scares over the last year, uh, but uh, for the most part, um, you know, we we've we've managed okay. But it's just it's exhausting. And I think any Gulf Coast meteorologist right now is pretty much exhausted. Is because a lot Matt- of this- Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dina. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just wondering because, you know, you hear about a lot of these places that get hit and they're still not recovered from the last hurricane or the last hurricane before that. And I'm still curious if and I have some neighbors now that moved here from Houston after Harvey who like lost their home and everything. And I'm wondering, are you still finding things that um, haven't been even um, repaired yet? Are they still recovering from that even? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely I mean, it's not like, you know, if you drove around the city, you probably wouldn't notice um, if you were just visiting. But uh, there's certainly homes in in parts of town, uh, you know, particularly uh, those that are more uh, socioeconomically disadvantaged that just have not been able to recover, um, you know, or the process is taking forever. And then we've had all these issues with, uh, you know, supply chain issues and, um, you know, labor shortages and things like that. So, you know, that's certainly not helping anybody. You know, I think the vast majority uh, of people that were directly impacted have recovered, but there's still a healthy minority here that has not, um, and that they're still struggling and still very, very vulnerable, uh, you know, should we get another significant storm like we almost did this week. So uh, it's definitely challenging in parts of the city. There's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes politically that uh, in terms of money getting distributed that was supposed to be distributed that hasn't been, uh, that that's been held up as well. So that's not helping either. So, you know, you're just dealing with everything that any other person uh, region that's dealt with a disaster has dealt with we're, we're dealing with here still. Is, is the power at least back on or? <laughs> yeah, for most, most people it is. So we, we lost about half a million uh, from Nicholas the other day um, in the area. Most of them are back on. Now. I think there's just a few that are out, but uh, boy, I'll t- you know, the, the reactions were not pretty when people lost power the other day. Uh, there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, trauma from what happened in February here. I was wondering if that was still an issue because you brought up like political issues and you're wondering like, are they still having issues with power grids and things like that? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they've done some things to help, uh, I think, improve the situation across Texas. I don't think they've necessarily done enough per se. I think anybody you would talk to would probably answer the same way. 
Um, you know, it's it's a process. It's not going to be something that just changes overnight um, as, as much as you wish it could be. Uh, but, you know, there, there's certain things that will happen uh, that will hopefully harden the grid a little bit more. Um, you know, should we have another significant outbreak again? But, um, you know, I, I'm not feeling that optimistic that that's going to happen this year. Uh, so hopefully we can avoid back to back years with extreme cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt, I'll go ahead. Mass. I was just say, are you guys like, is there anybody tracking how many people are like, that's it. I'm done with Houston. This is it. Is there like any kind of a gauge from year to year where it's like, oh, there goes, there's another 10,000 that are gone. Well, it's funny. Cause like, you know, I, I hear from people sometimes on social media, they'll be like, oh, this is exhausting. And then every now and then I'll get the comment from somebody like, yeah, I live in Colorado now, or I live in California now or wherever. And it's like, you know, I left Houston because of all that and everything. But you look at like, statistics from, I don't know if it's a U-Haul or whatever the moving companies are that, that talk about uh, migration across the country. And um, Houston is one of the top cities still uh, for people to move to um, because, you know, probably really? because the, the economy is fairly strong here. There's still a lot of jobs and it's relatively inexpensive compared to some other major cities. So um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the growth has not stopped. If you travel to the west side of the city or the north side of the city, or even sometimes the south side of the city, you'll see new developments going in um, over places that used to be farmland or prairie or whatever. Um, So there's still growth here and there's still demand for it. And I think that um, the housing situation last year certainly didn't uh, hurt that. And it continues to kind of grow from, from there. So, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, It's nice to have a strong economy, but at the same time, we are causing issues that are going to ultimately lead to more flooding in the future. So you Mm -hmm. take the bad with the good, I guess. Yeah. So you're saying Aren't, not enough people are paying attention to the weather forecast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Some people do come here. I think, I think now most people realize, oh, well, it can flood here sometimes, but I think that there's just been this propensity to, uh, you know, the weather is just something you deal with and you live with. Um, and I think that the last you know five or six years have kind of proven that at least here in Houston, you can't necessarily live with it. You have to do something about it. Um, and, you know, whether that's flood mitigation or building what we call the Ike Dyke, which is um, a coastal spine to help protect against storm surge, uh, you know, all these projects that are on the board, I mean, we got to do something uh, because the status quo is not going to work. Um, it's just not going to be tenable. Yeah. I missed that. What's what's the Ike Dyke? So the Ike Dyke is what we call a coastal spine or coastal barrier. It's a multi-billion dollar project that um, was came of uh, come, came about as a result of Hurricane Ike back in 2008. So this is 13 years later we're wow. talking about this now. And we're finally making progress toward building it. It's supposed to harden uh, the Houston Ship Channel and some of the uh, coastal areas against the storm surge from, you know, we know that there have been very bad hurricanes here in the past and that when one of them takes the wrong track, it's going to be devastating. Um, and so there, there's just not enough protection in this area for that because, you know, a lot of people from outside Houston, I don't think realize that the Houston ship channel is just a massive port. And if you shut that off, that's, that becomes a national crisis because there's a lot of things that there's a lot of with pickles could cause an environmental catastrophe. Uh, so there's a lot of issues that are at play here that uh, I think people don't really realize, but now here we are 13 years later, we're finally making strides toward a project that's gonna take 10 to 15 years to build, so. That's amazing, that long to actually get your butt moving on something you know is a problem, yeah. 13, and then you still have to build it. That's wild. You know, yeah. it's like you gotta go through and approve it and get the money and, oh my yeah. gosh, it's, that's amazing. It, it's just, it's a headache and it's, you know, there, there's definitely been a little bit more of a call to arms in the last, I want to say year and a half, especially after hurricane Laura last year being a very close call for Houston. Uh, you know, even having a couple of models bring it into Houston, uh, kind of the, that worst case scenario, uh, about three days, two days before it made landfall. So, you know, there was, there were some moments there where people were scared, including myself. I was not very comfortable with what I was seeing. Um, and you know, I think that finally there's a little bit of will to actually do this, uh, but it's the same problem that um, a lot of places have in terms of hardening infrastructure and, and building to to mitigate against disasters. You know, there's there may be some popular will among the people, but the money uh, you got to find the money for it, and not everybody's willing to spend billions and billions of dollars to say that we need to do this because the percent chance of it happening is so small. 
Uh, but the reality is, if you don't do it, I mean, look at New Orleans with Ida. I mean, I mean, I know Ida wasn't a worst case track for New Orleans, but they managed obviously okay, other than the power outages in the city because they have protection. People that were outside of New Orleans, not so much. So you know that investment does pay off. Mm-hmm. So let's so, talk so, then a, a little bit about you know forecasting this, right? So we've talked about the <laughs> the difficulties you have in the area, but you've had Harvey, you've had Laura, now you've had a, a close call, you know, a brush by Nicholas, and you've got there's a very long history there of you know you being a stormy area, clearly. So talk a little bit about what it's like to be at Space City Weather and what it's like to forecast this kind of stuff. You know, the amount of time that's going into it and you know, how great or awful it may be. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. And it's been one of those things that, you know, so Eric Berger um, was a science writer for the Houston Chronicle. And so this is how Space City Weather came about. He had a blog in the Houston Chronicle, the newspaper here. And it was pretty popular and it attracted like a, a pretty good following. And then when he left the Houston Chronicle, uh, you know, just prior to that, I had started working with him and helping him out on, on Fridays with just some posts. And when he left, he was like, hey, do you want to start this site? We, you know, how do you like Space City Weather? Sure, you know, it's fine. Uh, we both have full-time jobs. You know, this is not our primary thing, but we had a little bit of a following and we we like writing about and communicating weather. Um, and so it, it just kind of worked. And you know, little did we know that as we were doing this, we were going to become kind of the epicenter for flooding uh, in the country. And just, you know, one after the other. Because, I mean, we had uh, we had a Memorial Day flood in 2015. We had Tax Day 2016, which flooded the whole uh, a large chunk of the city. Then obviously Harvey and uh, Melda, some people forget that, in 2019, flooded parts of the Houston area. So it's just been one after the other after the other. And um, with each storm, we've actually seen a growth in our in our viewership. I mean, just during Nicholas, in the few days of Nicholas, we had over a million people uh, visit our blog. Um, at, during uh, Laura last year, I think it was uh, up over two or three million for the week. And Harvey was Whoa. up around three or four. It was, you know, it became wow. kind of people just sharing our posts with with neighbors and friends and family and things like that. So it's been kind of a very organic thing, but it's kind of blown up beyond any of our of our expectations. So, um, you know, we we view it as uh, we, we've started to view it more as a community resource more than like a job like we we. Mm-hmm. We, we enjoy the forecasting and that's obviously part of it, but we really like to communicate it and we like to communicate it in a way that is real to people. A lot of times people will look at some of us as meteorologists and not see us, see us as scientists and just kind of, you know, we're, we're, I don't want to say preaching to them, we're not, but, you know, sometimes it comes off that way. And so what we try, we write in a very conversational style and we're just, you know, get to the facts and, you know, we, we sort of uh, advertise ourselves as no hype. Um, because, you know, basically what we want to do is be boring 95% of the time. And then that 5%, when you need to ramp up and get yeah. ready, we're there yeah. and we're ramped up too. And you'll know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our mantra. Yeah. So, so, so great. Sorry, Matt. I was just say, if you're a two to 3 million, uh, are, are you hoping someday to be as popular as Stormfront Freaks? You know, <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is. Goal. It's always good to have We've something to aspire to. There it is. So Matt, I got a question. Uh, you know, I, I was just looking at your Twitter and I saw this from, from you a couple of days ago. You know, we, we talk about these, these 19 tropical storms or hurricanes that have come in the last year or two. And, and you talk about, you know, being crazy busy and, and almost exhausted. And I think we, we hear that, you know, sometimes from national hurricane center meteorologists as well in forecasting, but I don't think we, we truly understand it, you know, because we see the products that come out and we're consumers of it, but we're not producers. You, know, you guys are the producers actually in there grinding, looking at the forecasts. What is that like from, you know, from, from the time, of, you know, inception to, to landfall? What, what's that craziness look like? So the whole dynamic has changed, I want to say, in the last five to 10 years. Uh, you know, when I first started out, you know, it started out in the mid-2000s. Uh, you know, I'm not, not that old, I guess, relative to some others in the field. But, you know, it was you had, you know, some model data that you could use and, the only people using it really were either hardcore weather enthusiasts or the meteorologists. And as we've gone through time, you know, we've sort of democratized weather information, which is great. You know, everybody can, can, can utilize weather information, but everybody can get hold of a GFS model or a Euro model that shows a cat four or five spinning in the Gulf. So 240, now, 240 hours <laughs> out. They're yeah. Showing that. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Eight, you know, 800 millibars, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, what has changed, I think, in my opinion, is that now it becomes relentless because you're tracking a a wave from inception 10 days before it actually emerges. And then you have to track it 10 days across the ocean. And then you have, you know, like the Harvey example, you have five or six days of impacts. And then, 
you know, you have the recovery. So, I mean, right there, you're talking about one large storm could cost you three, four weeks of time and energy just looking at it. Yeah. And it's not that you, you can't ignore it now because people are going to ask you questions about it. And, you know, also you can't ignore it because you almost have a responsibility to communicate, you know, even if there's a wide band of uncertainty, which there almost always is. But, you know, other, if you don't communicate it now, people start accusing you of, you know, hiding things or not, you know, mm -hmm. being truthful and stuff like that. So you have that to deal with as well. So, it, you know, it's, it just becomes a marathon. Every storm is now a marathon and, you know, you're going through that and the Gulf Coast has gone through that 15, 20 times in the last two years. And I mean, that's just, it takes time to recover from that. I, I remember after Harvey, I looked at my my Fitbit and my resting heart rate. It took me probably about three to four weeks after Harvey to actually get back to a level oh that was God, normal really? because you were just so amped up and so stressed and everything. It was, you know, it's exhausting. And, and there's so many of these stories out there. Yeah. More alcohol helps. Just saying. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean. Like I, I sit at my desk all day, pretty much right here. And, but after hurricane days, I mean, I'm so physically tired and I haven't done anything physical, but it's just so draining because your mind's going hundred miles an hour. Yeah. I, after Nicholas just this week, I mean, and Nicholas wasn't really that bad here in Houston. I mean, we did have a lot of stress leading up to it because there were, you know, occasional models putting 25 inches of rain over the city, which would have been disastrous. But, um, you know, fortunately all, most of that fell at the coast or, or away from here. And at least it doesn't look like it's been that awful. But I mean, yesterday, I finally came off the, the adrenaline rush. I mean, I had a headache. I was exhausted. I had to leave work early because I was just like, I felt completely run down. And, um, you know, you just have to have that time to recover. And, you know, it, it, you need that after every single one of these now. Yeah. Well, a lot of respect, Matt, and, and to all the other forecasters, yeah. right? I don't think we, you know, the public, general public who don't do that understand that enough. So, um, you know, a lot of praise to, to anyone really that's in the public eye that helps communicate and keep people safe. People don't realize how much they go through. So, Thank you. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's fun. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, it sounds like Matt's got got storm fatigue, which which I don't blame him there. But I, is anybody missing chase season? That's what I want to know. Like, is anybody <laughs> now? Yeah. M, MJ probably isn't because he's uh, they're they're getting some storms up in Minnesota. But um, if you're like me or or Dan or or Angela or others. Uh, I'm missing chase season, so it's it's time to share and hear t your, your 2021 chase stories, and I think other people's chase stories, and the best way to do that is by uh, going to a chaser convention, and, and it's another great way that I've found that you can prep your skills and your weather skills for the oncoming season, uh, but what I'm talking about is the Mid-Atlantic Chaser Con. It's coming, and, and I think you need to be in Richmond, Virginia. That's where it's going to be at. It's Saturday, November 6th. Uh, it's a one-day event. Uh, registration is already open, and, and you can catch the presenters from, they got people from the National Weather Service, uh, TV meteorologists, emergency management, uh, and of course, they've got lots of chasers. So check out, uh, tickets are limited, uh, definitely. So register right now at the special advanced ticket price uh, that's available, and, and do that before it closes, and you can get that at midatlanticchasercon.com. I know it's kind of a mouthful. Uh, but midatlanticchasercon.com. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, we're proud to be a huge media partner with these guys. We're going to have stickers. We're going to have door prizes to hand out there. So, again, go register today, uh, midatlanticchasercon.com. So, hey, it's time for a break, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We'll be right back with more from Matt, so stay tuned. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, so we got meteorologist Matt Lanza of Space City Weather. Now, this this would be the time, Angela, to have your echo, right? Space City Weather, weather, weather. <laughs> but, but so, Matt, my, my question is actually uh, a little less weather-themed, a little more business-themed. So, I mean, we're talking about the, the millions of followers or whatever that Space City... So here's my question, right? It's, it's a blog. Is that accurate? Yes. To say it's a blog. Now I don't I don't know about you guys and and I'm not some young pup either but how do you get that many followers like who has time to read a blog to find out what the weather is I mean to to me that that almost seems like it's an outdated uh system for what you guys do which you, which I've I've looked at and you guys have great stories and you have all that kind of stuff but who's got time to read stuff anymore what, what how is that blog having that kind of success? Yeah, I think some of it is, um, you know, some of it I think is 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 Eric's doing from his his following that he had with the Houston Chronicle. Obviously, starting at a print, you know, organization and transitioning while he was there to a digital uh, kind of media outlet um, is kind of been uh, helpful. You know, to kind of start off with a number of people, but the growth that we've seen has certainly been <clears throat> out of the norm. I think. And I think it's it's based on the feedback that we've gotten from readers. It's for a couple of reasons. It's number one is that we are, you know, going back to the, the no hype thing that we are, we're just to the point, you know, we're just honest. We speak conversationally. It's very digestible stuff. It's not like we're going to go in there and start giving you, you know, big detailed meteorology lessons. Sometimes we will. Sure. You got to geek out. Right. Um, and there's going to be that that niche of, of viewers that wants that or readers that wants that. Um, you know, so, but, but we tend to avoid it. We want to give people the information they want when they want it. So we try and keep our posts kind of short. We don't go too in depth. Um, but I think it's just the fact that so many people now are consuming, you know, their content on their phones. And it's just really easy now to just tap a button or go to an email and tap a link, um, and just read through and, and see, you know, okay, that's that or skim it. You know, I, I understand how everybody's going to read the whole thing. Um, and, and I just think it is, this sort of that we're real that we're just two dudes writing a blog and that i think that that kind of works in 2021 in a way because of the name does <laughs> two dudes doing a blog two that's that's good <laughs> um, i mean you're you can get any geekier than us so uh, you know uh it, it, just the way that the whole media ecosystem is evolving i, I think that there's there's definitely a hunger for that type of of uh, a form of media that, that's something some people just like to read um, rather than watch video all the time. Um, and you know, and you don't and you guys don't do video or or anything we, like. Have you experimented to see if you something else might work? We do. We do drop a couple of, of tests into the water sometimes. Um, and so we uh, so we recently just launched actually a Spanish language uh, co-site because we have so many Spanish speaking people in the Houston area. It's been something that we've uh, wanted to do for a long time. And actually a former broadcast meteorologist approached us and was like, you know, you guys really should do that. And we're like, hey, that's something we've been trying to do for a long time. We just know how. Uh, so Maria Sotolongo is her name. She used to be on the uh, CW affiliate here in Houston. And now she helps us write and translates our posts into Spanish. Um, and so she's, but she comes from that, that, that video background form. So she's trying to encourage us to do a little bit more of that. And it's actually kind of funny. We did this in the run up to, uh, I think it was Ida. I'm not sure which storm it was. It was one of the, the recent storms that didn't hit Houston. And uh, we just did like a three or four minute YouTube thing and uh, published it. And the feedback was like, oh, this is great. You know, this is, we really like this, you know, like doing that. And then you would get the other half of people like, you know, please don't change what you're doing. Please keep doing what you've always done. We like it so much. <laughs> so it's just kind of interesting to see that. But I think that as we kind of mature, uh, we're starting to, to come to the idea that you want to meet people where they are. Not everybody's going to want to read. Not everybody's going to watch a video. So you want to try and get the best of both worlds if you can. So I think we'll be more willing to dip our toes into some of this other stuff as, as time goes on. So, At least if you don't take away, I mean, you could, it feels like you could add if you want to do a YouTube video, as long as you don't take away what they like. Yeah, That's exactly. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I kind of like the style just reading through it and, and, and it's just, it, it's kind of short and sweet and to the point, but also conversational and non-hype, right? Like I, I want something like that. I feel like too many, you know, too many times I'm scrolling through Twitter and every other post is, you know, a, a train driving through a, 
50 foot high snowbank saying it's going to be snow again tomorrow or you know 284 hours of the gfs so so i i, I yeah. actually kind of like like this kind of approach yeah and that's what we try and do and we try and stay true to that and i mean every now and then you know you're gonna you're just gonna have to address something that's out there because you know somebody will post about it or whatever and, and we get questions from people we were getting questions before nicholas even left houston about uh was invest 95l that's out in the atlantic uh, that might become uh, Odette. Um, you know, people just want to know, like, is that going to come into the Gulf? Like, all right, well, first of all, let's breathe. Let's get through Nicholas. There is a little bit of handholding that's involved, I think, sometimes. And people, I, the more that I do this, the more I realize people want that. People want you to kind of hold their hand and guide you through it. And that's one other thing that I think we do pretty well is we come at it from the the, the side of empathy. Um, and I think that that's going to be very important going forward, especially in a place like Houston, where people are just completely disaster worn out from everything that we've had to deal with here in the last five years. Uh, you know, people really, they, they like that kinder, gentler kind of tone. And we really kind of feast on that. That's what we, we're just naturally inherently empathetic people. And so we get it and we want to convey that to people through our writing and through how we, how we do things. And it seems to resonate with people. And I think that, you know, when I talk to students or, or other people that are interested in getting into it, I tell them like, look, you know, the weather and the forecasting part is very important, but you got to be able to communicate it and you have to be able to communicate it effectively uh, to people. And this is one way that we've learned how to do it. And it seems to work for us. You, you guys are really nice. I mean, so far, you've made it sound like well, the viewers are like, oh, don't change. And then you've had the, oh, that's great. But where are the trolls? That's what I want to know. You yeah. guys got those? Oh, yeah. yeah. We definitely have trolls. Um, you know, we'll get we'll get the occasional person that will come in and be like, oh, your, you know, your forecast was was off by x inches of rain or something like that and what's hilarious to me is that you know you, you just kind of learn not to engage them and, and just whatever and let them say their piece but man our viewers or our readers they will go after them and, and it nice. is it is they're fiercely loyal and that's the one thing that just kind of <laughs> baffles me and boggles my mind is that they are so loyal to us and i think that i've seen that with other meteorologists too that they, they just they'll do something one time and you've won them over forever and they will stick with you and be fiercely loyal to you and defend you. They'll still shop around and look at other forecasts, but they they will always come back to you in the end. And that's what's kind of been interesting with with, with our readers and that, I, that I've seen happen elsewhere too. There's this well, amazing. Case, oh, sorry, Maz, go for it. I just I just say, I just want to apologize to all of your readers then because they are so nice and <laughs> three million coming after me. So, my name is Phil. Just in case you're Oh, I'm number oh. one. Hey, you don't have to edit that. It's all right. We don't have to edit that. Oh, man. <laughs> you made me forget my question now, Maz. I had a good one. Oh, no. No, it, it reminds me there's there's an old like business additive and, you know, the whole like, you know, customer service type of aspect. And that is that people will not remember what you do for them, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And I feel like that that's a really big part of what you're doing, that you're helping give information. You're helping people feel secure or safe or be prepared if they need to be like you're, I mean, you're giving them that warm fuzzy, you know, even mm -hmm. if it could be a terrible situation and that's what, what'll create the loyalty. It's, it's awesome. Who, yeah. Wait a minute. Who's getting a warm fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. But this is why, you know, when you guys look, I mean, one of the things I know about you guys is your following is better than like your media down there. I mean, you guys do a better job with, you know, the followers that you have and stuff than your TV meteorologists. That's incredible. I mean, it's and I'm, I'm guessing it's really just because of that. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think the other thing is we we're not afraid to necessarily engage. Like I, I like to engage followers on on Twitter, and you know, if people ask questions, I'll answer them. You know, it's kind of the, the James Span approach of, of things. You know, like don't don't ignore your your people there. That's what they're there for. And um, I, I kind of take that to heart, and I like to to, to answer. I mean, like there's going to be instances like this week where it's just too chaotic, and you just can't do it, and you just try and help people along as best you can. But um, people, people really do appreciate that. And people really like, um, when you do that and, and yeah, I mean, we'll get a pass sometimes from, from some of our viewers, like they'll say, Oh, you nailed this forecast. And I'm just sitting there like, 
no, we didn't. The forecast sucked. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And it, but but it's because of that perception that you've created with that person yeah. that they believe that you did it. The way you communicated it, I guess, was with enough uncertainty that you know they, they kind of understood that. Um, you know, with run up to, to Nicholas here, one of the things we did after Tropical Storm Imelda in 2019 is we created a flood scale for our website, and it's something that we got a little bit of feedback from from people that wanted. And it was just a one through five. We want to set your expectation going into a flood event as to what you can expect. So you know, okay, we're expecting another Harvey or we're expecting another, you know, just street flooding event, you know, whatever it is on the on the scale. And we went through and we researched and provided some examples from for each level. And so during the run up to Nicholas, we started off with, with a, a two out of five. And then we moved it up to a three when it looked like it was going to get a little dicier. And then we pulled back when we had to. But what we did throughout is we emphasized there's uncertainty. There's things that could go wrong with this forecast. It could be worse. It could be better. Uh, here's how it would happen. And, you know, we'll adjust as we need to. And people, I think, respect that. that look, we're, look, we're putting it out there and we'll change it if we have to. Because uh, one of the worst things a meteorologist can do is stick to a forecast that's going to bust. And I see that happen with some people oh, yeah. sometimes. And they just don't give it up. And you just got to give it up and move on. And just look, accept your loss. And you know, adjust and, and give people the information. I think that's something that we've done pretty well and that's helped. How how far away do you have like readers and stuff? I mean, I know you're like Houston, but do you get people like far away too? We we do sometimes. We will get, uh, you know, there's some people that live in other parts of the country that'll, you know, forward our stuff back to the people that live in Houston. It's just like, okay, that's different. Um, but we actually do have quite a few people now kind of on the outskirts, like, you know, people will ask us, do you have, is there anybody in Dallas that does what you do or Austin or, or Beaumont or New Orleans? And we're just kind of blown away by, by all this stuff. And it kind of, you know, the temptations there, like, well, maybe we should kind of expand, but at the same time, like we've built this loyalty up in Houston for Houston and, you know, you don't want to necessarily mess with that. Um, and, you know, cause then it kind of looks like you're, you're, you're trying to expand and that's your goal and that's not our goal. So um, you know, who knows where it goes in the future, but, um, uh, you know, for now we, we try and sort of cover the outskirts a little bit when we can, um, if there's a storm that's coming to Houston, it's going to flood Beaumont. We'll let them know about that and they'll, they'll get, uh, posts shared with, um, with people too. So it, it's, it's definitely interesting. All right. I just spilled my beer. My alien behind me just <laughs> fell down face first oh, no. and knocked my seltzer over on the table, but Hey, <laughs> Uh, it is still time for lightning round while I watch my beer drip off the end of the table. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, that sounds. It was my uh, alien. It was. My <laughs> oh, alien. It was. It's going to be interesting. Okay. Uh, it's creeping towards my laptop, so bear with me. Uh, but, Matt, hey, that sound, it, it's time for our lightning round. So, this is our right. game show of fun and interactive and exciting and brilliant questions. Uh, that we always play with our guest, and tonight is no different, Matt. Um, we're going to play a little game tonight. So you're down in, in Houston, right? And that's in the state of what? Texas. Texas. So we're going to play a little uh, little game called What's Bigger Than Texas? Ooh. What's Bigger Than Texas? Right? So here's how this works, Matt. Uh, I am going to, we basically pulled some uh, Guinness Book of World Records um, big stuff. Just big things that <laughs> have won the Guinness that have won the Guinness Book of World Records, and and you have to tell me. So I'll tell you what it is, and you just have to tell me: is that actually in the state of Texas, or is it another state in the uh, United States? All right. right. But these are all uh, biggest biggest in the United States, right? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. All right. So here we go. So here's the first one uh, we're going to start with. Um, and and this is uh, this is a 320. The size of this is a 328D pair of leather cowboy boots. So is that is that in Texas or is that not in Texas? World's largest pair of cowboy boots. I would think it's in Texas, so I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, that, that would be correct. Boots. It's in what El Paso. That, what is that shoe size? 32D, like 328D. Oh, it's like I, I it sounds like a bra that, size, doesn't it? I was it? wondering, I like, are we doing double D cups or <laughs> what? numbers. I don't, I don't understand that. All right, so all right, so you're off to a good start. I kind of, I threw a, a softball at you there. Okay, uh, this is an eight foot by sixteen foot sculpture of a pecan. Uh, it's the largest sculpture of a pecan. Is, is this in Texas or not in Texas? I'm, I'm going to say no to that. 
That's actually in Texas. Seguin. Seguin, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Matt, your mistake was listening to me. Don't ever do exactly opposite of what I do. Pecans aren't a Texas thing, are they? I guess not. All right. So uh, this is uh, the the, uh, world's largest thermometer. It's a 134 foot tall thermometer. That I know is not in Texas because I've been there. Where is it? That is in Baker, California. It is in oh, California, yep, yeah, near Death Valley, California. Is this like a working thermometer? Yeah, actually it is. Wow. I, I read cool. something where uh, the electric bill was like eight grand a month to oh keep God. this operating. And so they had to shut it down for a while, but they must have found the money because it's but apparently it was it. back. We got to have it. Back How much mercury is in there? Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. so here's the next one. It is a uh, art easel. Uh, world's tallest art easel. It's eighty foot, uh, eighty feet tall. Uh, this sucker's big. Is that is that in Texas? See, I would think it wouldn't be, but I'm going to say yes. Oh. It is not. Maz, you're shaking your head. Do you know where this is? I'm thinking it's in it's in New England. It's like Maine or something. No, nah, it's Kansas. But you're close. Kansas, Kansas. I mean, it's all right. Same. All right, here we go. Next one, Matt. This is a forty-foot high mosaic of the Virgin Mary. Forty-foot tall Virgin Mary. Uh, Texas or not? I'm gonna say yes. That'd be oh. correct. That's in San Antonio. All right. It's got uh, big Virgin Mary there. Okay, seventy-foot tall. Fly fishing pole. 70, this is a long fishing pole, by the way. <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I'm, I'm going to say no. You're going to say no? Yeah. You would be wrong. What? It oh is gosh. in Port, Port Isabel. Oh, wow. Really? It has okay. a 70 foot long fly fishing, fishing pole. Sorry, Matt. I guess. Matt's like making a list of places to visit with his family now in Texas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so these are good. All right, so this this is a weird one. It's a doctor's bag replica. It's a replica of a doctor's bag. It's tw- It's a 20-foot wide by 15-foot tall doctor's bag. Is this, uh, is this Texas, bigger in Texas? Who keeps track of this stuff? Um, Phil. The Guinness Book of World Records does, actually. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say, uh, you know what? I'll say yes. You said that's Texas. Yeah. Uh, that is not uh, in Texas. That would be in the lovely state of Delaware. Has like, the doctor's uh, bag. Like, what's tiny the little Delaware tonight? has to have the big bag. Oh, honey, let's go to the doctor's bag. We'll go. This is going to be great. All right. So, we, who's a baseball fan? Anybody on here a baseball fan? All right. So, Matt, uh, this is a 34 ton baseball bat. Is that uh, bigger in Texas? Isn't it called a tree? <laughs> yes. Paul Bunyan. In California. Yeah. I'm going to say no. That is not in Texas. That is correct. That would be in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, in yeah. Kentucky. Really? Louisville yep. Slugger. Oh, Louisville Slugger. Slugger. At the, That's at right. the Slugger right. Factory. All right. world's. We're, here's a little softball, maybe. World's largest, or I might be catching you, world's largest cowboy statue. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say no, not in Texas. It's a trick question. It's Vegas. Actually, it is in Texas. Have you been to the Texas State Fair? Where is the Texas State Fair? That's up in Dallas. Yeah, it's Dallas. All right. Well, hey, that's Dan. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, yeah, there is a name to it. Tex. Yeah. Tex. Original. There's... Even his viewers and listeners won't call him on that. Oh, he's so nice. All right. <laughs> how, how about here's here's the, the largest rectangular pizza pie coming in at eight feet wide by 32 inches uh, long. It's an eight foot by 32. You have to order this thing 48 hours in advance, by the way. Who has an oven for that? Yeah. I, I got to think that's in Chicago, but no, not Texas. <laughs> Whoa. That is in Burleson, Texas. You can wow. go get an eight foot by thirty-two inch rectangular pizza pie as long yeah. as you give them forty-eight. Hours. How is that fit in your and car? You're gonna have to put that on the. You, know, you got to eat it and eat your top. feelings when you're feeling yeah. depressed. Hey, Matt, you're not taking that home. Matt, how long have you been in Texas? <laughs> not long enough, apparently. Okay. Okay. Well, well, here, here's another one then for you. Um, this is right up Brady's alley, but it's a seven-foot-wide pair of underwear. 
It is the largest pair of underwear in the United States. Is that because it is in Texas where everything's bigger? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Why would I have the big underwear? Come on, man. Uh, that, that would be in Missouri. That's hanging up in some wow. museum in Missouri on a big wall. On a big wall in Missouri. All right. Uh, 14, and a, uh, 14 and a half foot tall jackrabbit statue. Does that hold its place in the big state of Texas or somewhere else? I'm going to say somewhere else. Oh. <laughs> Rawls? Anybody know where Rawls, Texas is? Pretty sure no, Matt I doesn't. R-A- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's bigger in Texas. Oh, All right. Big state. Uh, we, we got big one state. more. One more. This is a 40-foot diameter clock. It is the largest clock in the United States. Is that found in the big state of Texas? I mean, every time I guess no to Texas, I'm wrong. So I guess it's in Texas. (laughs) 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 That would be in Indiana. That would be in the Indiana. It was close. Only a couple hundred miles. It was good. It was good. Matt, you, Matt, I tell you, you did a great job, but you really didn't. So I don't know what to say. We like him win. anyway. We like we honesty. So. A for effort, Matt. I, I don't know what to say. But uh, do this. Let, tell, tell everybody, first off, where they can find uh, Space City Weather and uh, how, how they can follow you on social media. Good follow. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so SpaceCityWeather.com is our blog. Uh, we have an app, actually, as well, in the App Store and on uh, Android as well. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lanza. Very easy. I do have a Facebook page, but I don't really update it very much. So feel free to follow me there if you'd like. But you're not going to get too much. I'm more of a Twitter guy. So I, lo- I love that. I've got a Facebook page. I don't use it, but you're certainly welcome to follow me. <laughs> for no reason. Bitch, then you go What's, to Facebook. <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Hey, it's, uh, it is always storm season at helicity.co slash SFF because they've got a huge selection of weather and hurricane-themed T-shirts and merchandise, including, as many of you know, uh, it's our f- official provider of Stormfront Freaks shirts, beverage containers, and stickers. Uh, all you got to do is go to the exclusive site, helicity.co slash SFF, and when you go to that exclusive site, everything you put in your cart, you're going to get 5% off um, that entire order. And, and, of course, while you're there, don't forget, just click on the Brands tab and uh, scroll down. You'll find Stormfront Freaks, and you'll find all the favorites there. Again, that's at helicity.co slash SFF. Uh, we're going to go ahead. Uh, it is time for our final break. Uh, our never-ending supply of hashtag WeatherFools is coming up as well as we've got some funny weather memes that uh, you'll be able to add to your collection tonight. So stay tuned. This is Michael Binsky, Emmy-winning photographer and filmmaker of Storm Chasing and Time-Lapse Films, lesser-known wedding photographer, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is the Stormfront Freaks podcast, and it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. It's Weatherful. So for those of you first-time listeners or just maybe a little bit forgetful, us as the Weatherfuls or us as the Stormfront Freaks, what Weatherfuls is, is we're going out on the internet the dark web, as Phil likes to say at Twitter, anywhere where we can find good content, maybe even space city weather. And we're <laughs> looking for a video, a tweet of someone doing something not so smart, and it has to do with the weather. So, Serena, I understand you have a weather fool this week. Who is your weather fool? I do. So I am a huge fan of Ozzy Man Reviews on Facebook or in other places of social media. And he recently posted an entire flood group of videos that is just outstanding. Um, and in this whole thing is this guy biking through the flood. <laughs> now I'm a cyclist, like do triathlons and crazy. This is insane. Like it's over I his tires. Even, I yeah. can't even imagine like 
He's it's just, just stupid. I think Ridiculous. his butt is in the water, actually. Hey, that's one way wow. to get some resistance, you know, add, add in some yeah. resistance to the bike. There you go. Apparently. Oh, he's walking it now. Yeah, Good so now he's out. walking it. But this video <laughs> has got just a lot of really, really great winners. Wow. Oh, I like the garbage bags on his wow. feet. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's a good reminder, people. Don't drive through high water and try yeah. not to ride your bike or walk through high water. Both of those aren't very smart because you never know what's underneath. So that, that was pretty good, Serena. Phil, who is your weather fool this week? I, I want to know if, if Matt, like, do you, do you guys highlight uh, weather fools on your blog? We don't. We probably oh, we should. should. <laughs> you probably should. This is so this is uh, Matt. This is how this is how we um, satisfy our National Weather Service uh uh ambassador program that we're in the uh weather what's it weather ready nation uh so we're a weather ready nation ambassador this is our contribution is by showing what you should not be doing in bad weather situations so i love this tweet uh you guys know uh, and serena especially right there's been a lot of uh a lot of weather uh, going on up in the northeast of our, our country this was it says filmed the fort washington pennsylvania tornado from the hotel bathroom. Now, you know, my first thought is what hotel bathroom has yeah. gigantic windows like this in it? It's a nice one. Um, I don't know of any. But uh, sure enough, there's a tree out the window. And it's, you know, and you can see the rain, the sideways rain. You can see some leaf debris. Uh, it is screaming outside. And this dude is just standing by the window filming this apparently in the bathroom so who knows what he's doing he's, in the bathroom he's multitasking bill oh, <laughs> oh my god is that what you call that <laughs> wow what, what hotel I, see, bathroom I has could a window? probably do that if i, I had know. a window in my bathroom but oh my god like that the, big? the wind direction just could, could completely oh. change too so that's oh that's not a good sign uh-oh wow. yeah you yeah, really see it shift in the video yeah. that's cool that's crazy Anyway. Yeah, that, that's another good reminder. Driving through water is not safe. Being near a window when there's winds of, you know, a tornado winds or hurricane winds, probably not the best idea ever. So, Brady, and taking your phone in the bathroom. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't take your phone in the bathroom. That's the number number one rule, I think, of all that. And number anyway. two. Yeah, exactly. Wow. All right, all right, Dina, I understand you have a weather pool this week. Who's your weather pool? All right. This is the best weather pool, and Matt will like it because it was in Houston, yeah, yeah, and it's this yeah. guy. All of all the things the Islanders <laughs> expect with hurricanes, Michael Myers strolling oh, on the Galveston God. beach isn't one of them. So this guy is dressed as Michael Myers with a mask, and he's got like a fake knife, and he's just walking across the beach, and um, it's it's insanity. I'm not not gonna go through it. Um, but this guy is dressed, he had fake blood on the knife. He scared the out of everybody. And people didn't know what to do. So the police came and arrested him. And <laughs> they took him down on the beach. And it was great. Oh, the they did take him down. Like, seriously, they took him down. They took him down. Like, get down on, down on your yeah. knees. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where, like, if you're, if you're not there, it's, it's funny. But, like, I can't – could you imagine, like, looking out the window or, you know, being in trouble and looking out and seeing that guy walking around? Uh, I wish I had the- uh, Apparently he's a local lawyer, too, which is which makes it even more fascinating. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a very good one, probably. He, I know he did an interview afterwards, and he was like, I'm just being funny. But I'm like, dude, oh, come on. But, yeah. I mean, that would I mean, scare the so- shit out of me. Yeah, that, that was crazy. Oh, wow. and, and MJ, I don't know if you want to pin to me, but I, I I actually got so Dina and I told Dina before this, I was like, I'm right, I'm not gonna play mine if if you've got the same one. And I knew it was the same one, but here's the kind of a video Is it? of this guy. Yeah, he's just I mean, look at him. He's even walking the walk, he's even <laughs> good because like it just Myers. mine went low there. Good. Yeah, that was the one I had. Isn't that funny? <laughs> And he's got and the walk like, too. He's and he's got the knife, and it's like you're in the middle of a tropical yeah. storm. And what are you doing? I don't know, man. That that is the quintessential weather fool if I've ever seen one. So the the fun thing about Galveston is that they, they're always a little eccentric ahead of these storms. If you go back and look at Ike during 2008, there was a guy dressed up as a bear that was in a bunch of uh, TV news reports <laughs> oh to search God. for Ike Bear, and it's 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 hilarious. Oh, man. You know, if you oh, want to get people off the beach, though. Put Michael Myers That's actually up there tonight. Yeah, it's it. pretty smart. Walk around, yeah. These guys are smarter yeah. than we actually think they yeah. are. I see what's going on. Yeah. 
Next well, is well, going to be like are... Jason and Freddy. Yeah, I know. I actually was looking up Jason and I because I, I forgot it was Michael Myers. But yeah, that, that's going to be next. I'm so, glad you had the video because when I went to try to play it, it, it must have played out when uh, I had it in the tab. So I'm glad you had it. It was great. Yeah, we'll, 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 we're going to have that video along with all of our other videos for the Weather Fools. Uh, you can look in your favorite podcast app or at stormfrontfreaks.com. Look for show 140 in the show notes section. Phil, or no, whoever says weather means to you. All right. Funny weather memes. I just got to listen to the song a second. You know, we're jamming. All right. So weather memes, you know, they're all over Facebook. They're all over Twitter. And they just it's one of those things that goes by and it just makes you laugh out loud. Um, Phil, I know you have a weather meme, right? I do have a weather meme. Uh, and and I'm, I'm going to say this. I got still got to figure out how to make it available so people can uh, actually see it. But because I made this one. I made this weather oh. meme, oh. Uh, and this is this is the favorite quote from Maz. <laughs> uh, Maz, you want to say that quote? You say it better than me. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite a while. Yeah, so everyone knows the quote from Caddyshack from Bill Murray, but I attached this to a massive microburst over, I, awesome. I don't know what city this is, uh, but it is just this massive downburst. Uh, coming down and is just obviously leveling whatever part of the city is just right now uh, getting hit by that that, that storm. That so, almost yeah. looks like a mushroom cloud. It's so yeah. heavy. <laughs> wow. So that's mine. Good. All right. I have two quick ones, too. So this one, it says, you got to look at it. If you see a beer, you've got a serious drinking problem. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's the color and the clouds between two rock, you know, two kind of like mountains. And it definitely looks like a beer. Yeah, I'll have to tell you, I'm that's like, the first thing I thought of. That's a beer. I did, too. I thought it was a beer the first time I saw it. And my alien thought that same thing, too. <laughs> and then the other one is <laughs> me one week into September. <laughs> Where's the fall weather? And he's screaming. I'm like, because I'm like that, too. You know, as soon as you hit fall, you want to start getting the sweater weather. So, you know, I love them. You know, besides all the ones from... Um, you know, that are talking about the cold is coming and all those, but I love them. All right. So if you want to see any of these, check out stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 140, show notes. Very good. Well, hey, everybody, I think that about does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. As always, thank you. If you've made it this far, definitely. Uh, thanks for listening or watching. I, I, Matt's still with us for crying out loud. Hard to believe. Uh, but before I get to our next guest... Uh, certainly, if you like the show, uh, don't forget to subscribe to or, or even follow uh, the Stormfront Freaks Network so you get notified, you receive the latest episodes of our show and El Nino's, which is the Tornado Hunters podcast. Uh, and, and for our listeners, um, uh, Torn uh, El Nino's has, has gone on a kind of little hiatus just for a little bit. Um, uh, but they'll be back, so uh, be prepared for that. Uh, but all of those shows, if you follow us on your podcast player, they'll be delivered right to your uh, podcast, <laughs> easier for you to say, right to your podcast player when we release it. And I know there's some uh, podcast players where you can't get our show what? for like 24 hours if you don't follow us. So it's just kind of how that works. Um, also visit, as I mentioned, patreon.com slash stormfront freaks you can check out all the ways we can do more with you and how you can help support the show uh whether it's watching these uh live video recordings that we do and and all the behind the scenes stuff uh that we we talk about and you can see uh for the video as well um, but you can also uh, chat with us during these recordings um you can get access to exclusive merch and uh like dan and, and angela tonight you can join us and our guests uh, as well. So just visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks and you can join the team. Uh, and for all of you, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, we love we love doing this. This has been cool. Doing the Patreon thing has actually been cooler than I ever imagined it would be. I was a little skeptical doing that at first and now I love it a lot better uh, than anything else. So uh, it's awesome. Special thanks to our guest tonight, Matt Lanza. <laughs> Thank uh, Matt, thanks Yay. for joining us tonight. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Again, not so good on not so good on the lightning round. Um, Got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you rubbing it in? Let him it's, it was, it's it's fun. It, it was funny. 
<laughs> because you know sometimes people do really well sometimes they're right in the middle uh and then there's like utter failures uh like we like we had tonight so it was really good wow. <laughs> we right. love you matt Don't he'll know. never come back he'll never no it, it's always fun doing that so matt you are awesome and, and a good Thank sport you. which is cool um so i want to do this i want to find out because our listeners always are, have been kind of asking how they can find and follow our co-host so i'm going to go around the horn here a little bit uh serena how can our listeners uh, find you or follow you? Everything is WX Serena, which is W-X-C-Y-R-E-N-A. It's on Instagram, Facebook, website, Twitter, everything. Find me there. Is everything in the word everything? We're going to leave out the word everything. Oh, okay. I don't know what that, that might, website might take you somewhere weird. Just saying. All right, Dina, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I go by LadyPilot70. So that's pretty much where I do all my weather stuff. Just okay. find me there. That works. All right, Maz, can people find you at all or they, follow you or so. stalk you yeah. anywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money Storm for you with the four in there. Money Storm for you. And I might. Money Storm. It. Yeah, I might actually check it this year. So <laughs> <laughs> you're setting everybody up like Matt did, right? Yeah, I've got an account. I mean, you're not going to find anything on it. <laughs> right. I never so post. Follow me. That's my mentor. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at PhilStormPod. Uh, that's how you can find, find me. But hey, our next episode, we're going to be back in two weeks recording raw for our Patreon members. This is going to be Thursday, September 30th. Um, we're going to have another episode in our Women in Chasing series uh, that we've been doing now for, for uh, you know five years that we've been around. So uh, we've got uh, the awesome Jessica Moore and Jenny Hagen are going to be joining us, uh, some great chasers, uh, but amazing photographers. Both of them are, are just outstanding photographers. So I can't wait to see that. And, and if you're part of our Patreon group, uh, seeing that, you'll be able to watch the videos and all that stuff as well. It'll be great. But uh, we always edit the audio podcast. That'll be up and available the following Sunday. So um, for MJ, who's out uh, somewhere in the boondocks uh, uh, chasing a storm but, but still listening in, for Maz, Dina, Serena, uh, Brady went off to play hockey somewhere. Uh, but, of course, we've got Matt and Dan and Angela here. For everybody, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. So good night, everybody. Good night. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.